0: Good morning. As Justin said, my name is Dave Jane. I'm the lead pastor here, and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, maybe this is your very first time here at Connect. In which case, welcome. We uh, we're actually finishing off a series this morning, but um, this particular series it's kind of standalone messages, so it's not like you're gonna, you know, you're watching the third part of a movie and you missed. One and two. This is a a standalone message. But you can, if you're interested, go back to our website, connectwashington.org, and you can watch previous week's messages. But the title of this series we've been in is called Making Memories. We've been talking a lot about the memories uh, in our lives that we have, that we're able to make, and uh, it's actually got me thinking about some of my memories. I've thought about some things that we do as a family to create traditions and memories that I hope when my kids grow up, they'll talk about with their kids of, we remember as kids, we did this with mom and dad, and, um, but it's also got me thinking back to my own childhood, some memories of my own. My granddad passed away about 20 years ago now, but I've got fond memories of what it was like uh, growing up, knowing him. And, but I remember being at my granddad's, great memories. And uh, like I said, he's since passed away, but he actually uh, was uh, in the RAF, which is the Royal Air Force during World War II. Uh, he flew in uh, these big planes called Lancaster Bombers in bombing raids over Europe. And um, he, uh, he, was, he sat in the cockpit. He was the guy that kind of took a log of everything that went on on these missions and after he passed away uh, I got to keep His wash kit, so this is what the military issued him when he was in the RAF, it's this wash kit, Uh, it's a pretty simple thing, there's a comb, a razor, I think this was where he put his toothbrush, a little mirror, and a clothes brush, and I think these things were like for talcum powder, we called it in England, or baby powder when in here, so um, the crazy thing is this really isn't worth an awful lot, I mean, you could buy everything that's in here for probably under 20 bucks, Um, and even as an antique, I'm not sure that it has a huge amount of value, but it's incredibly valuable to me because keepsakes aren't based on their own worth they're based on what they mean to us which actually if you stop and think about it right now this morning it's kind of crazy because there could be some things in your life right now in your house right now that you consider kind of junk or worthless that one day many years to come your kids or your grandkids could hold on to because that will become a keepsake something they'll remember you by I was thinking about it in my context. For me, what, what would that be? Maybe it would be one of my favorite tea mugs that I've got with my kids' pictures on. Those are my favorite mugs. Maybe that's something they'll hold on to. Maybe years from now, my kids or grandkids will be looking at a plaid shirt saying, yeah, that was my granddad's plaid shirt. He always wore plaid shirts. That's all he ever wore. Maybe it'll be a Tim McGraw CD, unopened, still in his wrapper. He says, yeah, my dad never listened to this CD. We don't know why, but... Whatever it may be, it might be something that I now consider kind of worthless, but in years to come, will have great value to whoever holds on to it, because it'll be a, a keepsake, a memory, something that will tie um, my family in the future back to me. You see, the truth is, the people you invest in now, in your lives, they're going to want to hold on to something from you in the future, because for them, it'll tie into a lasting memory, a memory of your relationship. And that's how I want to kind of close out this series this morning, by talking about lasting memories, by talking about the legacy that we get to leave. On the first week, we talked about um, what it looks like to make memories. We talked about the idea that sometimes we can get so busy and caught up in the hustle and bust of life that we miss out on opportunities to create memories, and maybe we need to learn to switch off at times and, and spend time with family and friends and loved ones to create those special memories. Last Sunday, we talked about the idea of healing memories, how for some of us, if we go back in our past, maybe to our our upbringing, there there can be some hurt. There can be some some memories that we kind of wish didn't exist. And if we're honest, probably still have an impact on us today. We learn that God wants to come and redeem that area of our life. He wants to help set us free from some of those patterns that we may have developed as a result of the family that we grew up in. But this morning, I want to talk about lasting memories. I want to focus right in on this question here. What kind of legacy do you want to leave? What kind of legacy do you want to leave? Because the reality is we're all leaving a legacy, every single one of us. That part's not optional. We just have to decide what kind of legacy do I want to leave? Now I know this isn't something we think about on a regular basis, Uh, next Sunday morning here at Connect we have a baby dedication, so there'll be several families who will come and as part of the service will get to to pray with those brand new babies, they'll be surrounded by uncles and aunts and grandparents and friends, And, and I know that for those families next Sunday that idea of legacy will be at the forefront of their minds. Because they'll be thinking, man, this, this precious child, this blank sheet of paper, what, what do I want? What legacy do I want to create for this child? But, but for you and I, now week in, week out, we don't really think about this as much, do we? But maybe this morning, even if you don't have a baby right now, maybe we, we just pause and say, okay, I want to look at my life right now. I want to look at the situation that I find myself in, and I want to decide what kind of legacy I want to leave. What kind of lasting memories do I want to create? There was a philosopher in the 1800s, his name was William James. He said, the great use of life is to spend it for something that will outlast it. We have that option this morning. We have our option to spend our lives for something that will impact it far beyond our time here on earth. And we're going to learn this morning from one of the greatest. We're going to learn from a guy in the Bible who truly understood what legacy looked like, who truly understood the importance of of laying down a foundation, building a legacy that will be passed on from generation to generation. In fact, we're actually going to read his very words this morning, which proves that his, his plan for a legacy worked, because some of the stuff he wrote down, we're still reading today. This guy's name was Paul. And Paul was an amazing guy. You can read about him in the New Testament. In fact, he actually wrote um, a good portion of the New Testament. And the reason he wrote it, the reason we still read it today, is because he was writing these letters to individuals and to churches because he, he didn't just consider his life as being one that should impact those around him and, and to do the mission that God had called him to do. He wanted to leave a legacy behind. So we're going to read a few words from him this morning but here's what I love about Paul. You see, Paul Paul has an incredible story. You see Paul wasn't always a follower of Jesus. In fact, Paul started out his life in completely the opposite direction. He was a persecutor of the followers of Jesus. He was a hater of Jesus. It was his mission, his job, to go around and find people who were professing to follow Jesus and try and imprison them, sometimes even kill them, to suppress this movement. Jesus had already died and risen again, so Paul was one of many who was trying to stop these followers of Jesus multiplying, so he was out persecuting them. And then we read that one day, while he was out heading to a city to persecute some more Christians... We read that Jesus miraculously shows up in front of Paul. He appears to Paul and says, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Paul drops down on his face and he has this miraculous encounter with Jesus that turns his life around completely. From that day forward, Paul goes from being somebody who hated and despised Jesus and his followers to somebody who not only loved Jesus, but made it his mission to proclaim the name of Jesus, to proclaim his mission throughout that world. He planted churches in cities like Corinth and Ephesus and Rome. He had an incredible impact on that very first church. So when Paul talks, I listen. (laughs) Because if a guy like that can discover Jesus, I want to hear what he's got to say. I love Paul for a couple of reasons. Number one, if there is someone who, who has gone, made such a drastic U-turn, such a drastic change from the way he was going to the way he was, I want to know what he has to say about Jesus, because Jesus has obviously impacted his life in an incredible way. The other thing I love about Paul is it was an encounter with Jesus that changed him. Now, maybe you're here this morning. You know, the great thing about Connect is we really um, encourage and invite as many people as possible uh, to come check us out. And our goal really is uh, we want people who are followers of Jesus to grow in their faith, but we also want this to be a place for people who who maybe didn't grow up going to church or who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus to come and check things out. We want it to be a safe environment where you can come and, and listen and learn. And maybe you're like that this morning. Maybe you're here and you've not yet decided. You're not sure if you fully believe this whole Jesus thing. You're not sure if you're ready to commit to this. You're still kind of checking things out. And maybe as you hear this story of Paul, you're even thinking, well, if I had an encounter like that, well, maybe that might push me over the edge. That's, that's what I need is some kind of encounter. I want to tell you this morning that I actually believe you've had more encounters than you realize. I believe Jesus has been showing up in your life more than you realize. Maybe the reason you're here this morning is because he's already started to show up in your life. Maybe it's through the relationship of a friend who brings you and you you can't quite put your finger on it, but you know there is something different. You know there's something real inside of them. Maybe you've been here on a Sunday morning and whether it's me or someone else speaking has been speaking and you've thought, man, it's like they're talking to me. That's like, that's right for me. Maybe even during the worship, you don't understand it, but it just is, it's, there's just an emotional sense. There's a, a presence of God here that you can't explain. I believe that God is in this place. I believe Jesus is pursuing you just like he pursued Paul. And maybe it won't be a blinding, flash encounter on the road like it was for Paul, but I do believe that Jesus has you in his sights because he pursues us. He pursued Paul. He pursued his enemies. Paul was an enemy of Jesus. And he still went after him. So I love Paul. I think he's a great guy. So we're going to listen to something that Paul had to say this morning. So like I said, he, he wrote letters to churches to encourage them. And we can learn a lot from the letters that he wrote to these churches. But he also wrote letters to individuals. People that he's kind of invested into. People who he was in his plan was to leave a legacy in the life of these individuals. One of them was a young man by the name of Timothy. He wrote two letters to Timothy that we can read. They're in the New Testament, one Timothy, two Timothy. If you have time this week, they're great letters to read because it's like reading almost like an instruction manual or a guide that Paul's writing to this young pastor saying, Hey, here's some advice that I've learned in my life that I want to hand off to you. But we're actually going to jump right to the end of the second letter that Paul wrote to Timothy this morning. We're just going to look at a couple of verses. They're in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, and they go like this. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race, and I have remained faithful. So Paul's kind of setting up here why he's writing these words to Timothy. He's realized he's nearing the end of his life. It's almost like this is his his last will and testament. He wants to make sure to to write down some things to pass on to Timothy. I feel like reading these words that knowing the end is near, Paul's kind of taking a look over his shoulder at the life that he's had. He's thinking about his legacy, and he wants to make sure that Timothy carries on that mission, that Timothy carries on that legacy. I love the words he uses there in verse six. He says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. At the end of his life, after all is said and done, Paul, Paul has this, this imagery that, that he, the reason he lived was to pour out his life for others. That was Paul's mission, to, to pour out. and I, I wonder if we could say the same of our lives this morning. How much time do we spend building up our kingdoms and our empires and working for self? Or how much time do we actually spend pouring into the lives of others, leaving a legacy? I may have told this story on a Sunday before, but um, this was years ago. I'd been in America for about three or four years, and um, I was running a ministry program that was starting to grow, and uh, this wasn't really kind of the direction I thought God had for my life, but now I can see that he's leading me, and um, this ministry program is growing. And I'm starting to get excited. I'm, I've got this kind of vision that, man, I'm going to be a pretty big deal. I'm going to do some big things here for the kingdom of God. They're, they're going to know the name Dave Jane. I will speak in front of thousands. I, you know, I'm like, but God is for you, so it's all good. And I remember sitting in a movie theater one day, and embarrassing to say, just crying my eyes out at the end of this movie because I felt like God was speaking to me through this movie. The movie was called Mr. Holland's Opus, and it's about this musician who had this dream to to write this symphony that would make him famous. Everyone around the world would know Mr. Holland's because of his opus, and life comes along, and he has to kind of make ends meet, and he's getting married has a child, so he gets a job as a teacher just to kind of pass the time, just to pay the bills until his symphony is written. But one thing leads to another, and, and he ends up teaching for about 20 or 30 years. And it turns out he's a really good teacher. He has an incredible impact on the lives of these students. He sees things in them that they don't see in themselves. He encourages them. He's that teacher that right now you're thinking of in your high school or in your middle school who you're like, man, I remember that teacher. He or she was a brilliant teacher. I, I'll always remember the impact they had on me. That's who this teacher becomes. At the end of the movie, I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil it completely here, but... Um, he discovers he's losing his job. They're closing the music department. He's leaving the school. And he's at this moment where he just thinks his life has been a failure. He never got to write his symphony. He never got to perform his symphony publicly. And now he's lost the only thing he could do, and that was teaching. And as he's leaving the school, he hears this noise from the auditorium. He goes in, and the place is packed. And up on the stage, they've surprised him. These students, former students, current students, from years gone by, they all come back and they perform his symphony. And they say, Mr. Opus, we are here on this stage today because of you. I'm watching this movie. They're playing the instruments I'm crying my eyes out. Because <laughs> I felt like in that moment, God said to me, that's you. I didn't call you to be some big shot standing on the stage. I, One by one, I want you to pour yourself into the lives of others. This ministry I was running called Ace Teams, that, that was kind of the heart of the ministry. It was just these young adults. I had the opportunity to, to disciple them, encourage them be a little bit like a Paul was to a Timothy. And looking back now, I can see that's been an incredible opportunity for me to leave a legacy, to pour my life into others. Paul, like Mr. Holland, saw that his life was existing for the sake of others. That's who Paul was. That's why he felt like he'd poured himself out, because he existed for the sake of others. Then in verse 7, he goes on and adds another thought. He says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. If you read some of the other letters that Paul wrote, you'll see that he often uses sports and athletic imagery to make a point. But something I realized when I was reading this verse this week that I had not really noticed before. He doesn't say, "I, I won the fight, I won the race, I got the medal, I'm stood on the winner's podium. He simply says... I fought the fight, I finished the race, I remained faithful. Paul's kind of explaining here, it's not about winning the race, it's about finishing the race. That was the legacy Paul was going to get to leave to Timothy and others and us today. What it looks like to stay faithful to finish the race. His legacy is built on a foundation of faithfulness. Think about it this way. Have you ever had a situation in your life where you just wanted to quit, but you didn't? Maybe the job wasn't going the way you wanted it. A goal you'd set for yourself just seemed too difficult to accomplish. Maybe the weight wasn't coming off as quickly as you'd hoped. It's in those moments, isn't it? In those situations when you choose not to give up. That's when faithfulness is forged. We strive to leave that legacy in our family, that legacy of faithfulness, of not giving up. Sometimes... Our kids get a little bit frustrated by that. I hope they grow up to see the the power of faithfulness. Because there are times when we don't let them quit flute. (laughs) Or just because they're not connecting with that teacher. They're not going to change classes. We're going to work through this. Because there's something about faithfulness. There's something that sometimes you don't get to learn until you've experienced some faithfulness. Billy Graham, one of the greatest... Preachers, followers of Jesus, I think, that's ever lived. He said this, he said, The greatest legacy one can pass on to one's children and grandchildren is not money or other material things accumulated in one's life, but rather a legacy of character and faith. What would it take this morning for us to be a people who leave a legacy of faithfulness? Where do we even start with something like that? Well, I want to throw out a little idea here of how we can leave a legacy of faithfulness. and I had this idea for an incredible visual aid that I think is really going to help you remember this. Okay, this visual aid is going to really kind of paint the picture of faithfulness. So I'm pretty excited about this because it's a, it's a bow and arrow. So, I talked to a friend of mine here at Connect, and he's a hunter, and he's got this incredible bow. This bow is like amazing. I think you could like fire an arrow about a mile with this thing. Maybe, I don't know, I've never fired a bow like that before. But, you know, you could shoot a deer from a long way away. I mean, this thing's incredible. So, I'm going to use that this morning to illustrate this point I want to make. So, if we can get my um, my bow. What do you mean, insurance that says I can't have a weapon on stage? (laughs) That's ridiculous. I'm. I, I can be very safe. I'm, I can look after him and do it. <laughs> All right. So once I jumped off a pier and broke my ankle, but I'm. I'm sure I could still. I'm sure I could still hold up. <sighs> All right. Bring up whatever you've got. That's fine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So apparently, this is what they do trust me with So make my fight. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> See? I could so be trusted with a weapon and a fairy. <laughs> All right. So this wasn't quite the bow and arrow I had in mind, but it will still. <laughs> You see, when it comes to a bow and arrow, it really isn't a very complicated weapon. Okay, there's there's basically two elements to firing an arrow. There's the the aim, and the release. Okay, it's a two-part process. It's very simple. It's aim and release. But I want this this morning. To, I'm going to turn that off right now. Um, <laughs> I need to be taken seriously with this child's <laughs> toy. Um, <laughs> I want aim and release to represent the idea of, of building this legacy of faithfulness. So what do we aim at? If we want to leave a legacy that's going to outlive us, what kind of targets should we be aiming at? Well, I think there are three great legacy targets that we can aim for in our lives. The first is being faithful to God. That is a great target to aim at this morning, being faithful to God. I'm not sure where you're at this morning with your uh, spiritual journey. But I wonder when the last time was you, you took account and said, so, so where am I in that? Because I believe God wants to be the center of your life. I believe he created you. He loves you. I believe he knows you better than you know yourself. I believe some of you are carrying some baggage and working through some, some struggles that God wants to just come alongside and help you, set you free. But that's only going to happen if you make that choice to aim at that target. That's a legacy target. If you strive in your life to aim for the target of being faithful to God, that's a legacy you're building in the generations to come. There's another target we can aim at this morning, and that's being faithful to others being faithful to others. And here's what I mean by that, okay? I don't believe God created us to exist in a vacuum. I believe that he created us to connect with one another. In fact, I believe it so much, we called our church Connect Church because I think he wants us to connect with him, but he also wants us to connect with one another. As you grow in your faith and you connect with other followers of Jesus, there are ways that that they can help you on your journey and you can help them. And by aiming at that target of being faithful to others, That's a legacy that you will leave, not only in their lives, but in a behavior you'll pass on to your kids and their kids. The final target I think you can aim at this morning is being faithful to the mission. Here's what I mean by that, okay? If you're a part of Connect Church here this morning, if you would say I'm a regular attender, this is my home church, okay? The mission of Connect Church is to connect our community to Christ, to connect our community to Christ. If you're a part of Connect Church this morning, you're a part of that mission. And I would ask the question this morning, what are you doing to be faithful to that mission? Who is there in your life right now who doesn't yet know Jesus? Someone that you could start praying for, that you could start a conversation with, that you could invite along with you on a Sunday morning. You see, here's the thing about aiming for targets like this. These are legacy targets. Being faithful to God, being faithful to others, being faithful to the mission. These are targets that if we aim for these targets in our life, they will outlive us. Maybe you're here this morning and you're working hard and you're you're building a career or you're working for a company and you're working your way up. and, And that is awesome. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that. But if you're looking for that to be your legacy, let me just throw out a little word of caution here. I came to America in the mid-90s, 1994, and I'd never owned a computer before. So the very first computer I ever purchased in about 1995 was here in America. It was a compact computer. Okay, we've got a picture of it right there. That was my very first computer. I don't remember for sure, but I think I probably bought that compact computer at Circuit City. Um the great thing about this computer was I could go online, I could look up about movies and stuff, so I could figure out what video I wanted to rent from Blockbuster. <laughs> Maybe you're seeing a little pattern here, okay? 20 years ago, there were some men and some women who were working very hard to leave a legacy in the empire that they were building. Some years from now, when you hear the word compact computer, they're going to think of me. <laughs> there are people here this morning who are thinking, what is compact computer? <laughs> Being faithful to God, being faithful to others, being faithful to the mission, those are legacy targets. Those are targets that if we'll invest into them, they will outlive us. They will last forever. So that's the first part. Those are the targets we aim for. But the second part is the release. and I want you to picture this arrow as the people in your life. Who are you releasing? When Paul wrote to Timothy... It wasn't just to give him some advice. It was to say, Timothy, my time is coming to an end. It's time for me to release you to continue on what I've begun. Who are the people in your life that you're intentionally looking to release? I had lunch this week. It was very timely, knowing that I was speaking about this this morning. I had lunch this week with a guy by the name of John King. He's the pastor of Riverside Community Church in Peoria. I've known him for... 25 plus years, he's an incredible man of God, incredible pastor, huge influence in my life, such a mentor, and I said to him, you know, I'm talking about Paul and Timothy, you are the guy that released me. I believe that Connect is what it is. I believe that God's doing what he's doing in Washington because of what you poured into me. He's very humble, he said, I'm sure it wasn't me. But it was, honestly. And now as the pastor of Connect, I get to do that. I get to give Justin, our youth pastor, the opportunity to preach on a Sunday morning. I get to speak to our staff and and leaders here at the church, knowing that I'm getting now to pour a legacy into them. So who, who am I releasing? Who are the arrows in my life? We're going to do something different this morning to close out here. We're going to take a moment here because I really want, as we come to the end of this series to focus in on that, that idea of legacy in our lives. So I've left a legacy card on every one of your seats this morning. And in a moment, the band's gonna come out and they're just gonna start to play quietly and we're gonna bring the lights up a little bit and there are pencils and pens. And I want you just to pause for two or three minutes. This is a private thing. We're not gonna ask you to give your cards in. This is just an exercise for you to do. You can take this home. You can put it on your desk, on your fridge. You can put it um, by the side of your bed. But I want you to take a moment this morning just in the presence of God and there are gaps here next to faithful to God, faithful to others, faithful to the mission. Maybe there's a way you want to just write down in your cards this morning, God, I want to be faithful by following you, by putting you as number one in my life. I, I, I'm not going to tell you what, I mean, it, it could be in some area of your relationship with God, in being faithful to others. God, I want to make those connections. I want to get more connected with other believers. I want to be part of a Bible study. I want to join a group, whatever it might be faithful to mission. Maybe you write down the name of a friend there that you love dearly but you know that they don't yet know Jesus and just writing their name on that card will remind you to pray for them. Maybe look for an opportunity to invite them to church and then on the back of the card are your arrows. Who are the people God's put in your lives? Some of you are going to write the names of your kids on there. Some of you teachers in this room or coaches are going to write the names of some kids that you teach, some kids that you coach. Some of your grandparents are already thinking about your grandkids' names because you know that you've reached that stage of life where where you've got this wonderful opportunity to pour out, like Paul did. To look back and say, I've run the race, I've fought the fight, and I, I I want you to now learn from me those moments you get to spend with with the kids in your life. Maybe it's even writing down connect kids or connect youth because you realize, God, I want to be a part of investing into the next generation. My kids are grown up. I don't have kids of my own yet or I've not started a family yet. So I've got a chance that I can invest in someone else's kids. Maybe you'll write down the the names of some other arrows on there. But take two or three minutes and then Justin's going to come up and uh, lead us in communion and the last song.